Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the County Corner Podcast. This episode has a little bit of everything on it today. First of all, Stephen Cleland and I will be discussing Ross County's recent transfer window news and rumours and discussing how key the signing of Scott Allardyce in midfield could be going into the new season. Then I'll be joined by Jack Lingard and Andy Young where we'll be discussing the best Ross County starting 11 but this time with a twist. We're only allowed to pick one player from each of the last 11 seasons which I'm sure will cause some debate amongst the listeners. And finally, last week I spoke to Ross County's commercial manager Duncan Chisholm and marketing specialist Jack Michael about their roles at the club, the season ticket renewal numbers and plans for the future. Hope you enjoy. So let's start with the transfer news and for going through all the news that's come out in the last week, I'm joined by Stephen Cleland. Stephen, welcome. Hi Ross, how are we doing? Yeah, no bad yourself. Not too bad. Speculation season has now started, so it's, it's um, yeah, lots of stories, lots of rumours going around, but hopefully we'll be able to pick out a wee bit and um, get an idea of where we think we're we're going to be going next season with the squad and that as well at this point in time. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, it is speculation season and it feels like it's gone into overdrive in the last kind of week or so. It felt like there was nothing, obviously, as the the season was coming to an end with, you know, the playoffs and things like that. We weren't sure what kind of what league we're going to be in, but it feels like four or five rumours, reports have all kind of come out all at once. So, um, let's start with the news that broke last week um, when Ross County announced the club captain Keith Watson, David Cancola and Dominic Samuel are all to leave the club at the end of their contracts. Um, Stephen, what was your first reactions when you heard that news? Um, Cancola, not a surprise. Um, he'd only signed a, a year's contract extension last summer and I think the indications were that Again, it was out of loyalty to the club who had stood by him to give him another year. Um, I think that's the same as obviously Alex Jakovic's one as well. Alex had only signed the year. He'd had interest. I think Barnsley had offered him a contract last summer and I think he'd stayed loyal to County in that as well after the season had had previously. So, though, you know, that set of players is not a surprise. Um, Dominic Samuel has been sort of on the fringes for a long time and sort of dropped off, really. We haven't seen much of him at all. So, on that one, Keith Watson, I think with Keith, it was probably one of the, it's, we don't, Keith's been such a great servant to us and you don't want to lose someone as professional and as good as Keith around the club. But for Keith's own career development, my understanding is that potentially he's heading back to the Dundee area with a potential coach player role without one of the clubs. And um, I think for his next stage of his career, it makes sense for Keith. And he's got to do what's best for him and his family at this point in time as well. You know, we sit here and, and dissect things looking at from the eyes of a, a Ross County fan. He'll be looking at it from a family man and, and the next step of his career and that as well. So, yeah, it does a point to lose Keith because he's never let us down once. He's always came in and, you know, been excellent and covered and, and been a real leader in there. But from the point of view, at the time of his career, he has to think about that so he can understand the logic and reasoning behind it as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a really valid point there that, you know, so many of us just see what goes on 90 minutes on a match day. We don't see everything else that goes on from, you know, Monday to Friday, both in training, but also at home as well. And, you know, yeah. um, the players do make a hell of a sacrifice to to come up here, sometimes away with their, from their families. Sometimes their families move up here with them. And, you know, just because of our geographical location, it's, uh, you know, these these sacrifices are made and, 
you know, when the players want to eventually kind of move back home or be close to their family, you you know, you can't begrudge them for that. It is such a commitment yeah. to move up to a club like County. Um, Keith's time at the club has been very successful. Um, he made 142 appearances in total for the club. 92 of those were in the Premiership. Um, his first season was a Championship winner and Challenge Cup winner. Um, yeah. And then in the following four seasons helped County keep their place in the Premiership by, you know, different means, you know, the first season there, uh, the COVID season that he played a big part in that too. Uh, then the season behind closed doors was part of the squad that survived uh, on the last day against Motherwell. Um, following season, got the top six place and then, you know, it was a hell of a game to go out on with his last game at the club well, against Park. If, so. if that's your last Last game and you're going out, do you know what I mean? Unfortunately for Keith, his last thing was to put the ball over the bar in the penalty shootout. But for Keith's point of view, is um, talking about the whole game and, and the, the obviously the the matches we were playing in, in the run up to that, Keith was an integral part of keeping us up. If it wasn't for him, then I think we would have probably been already down. You know what I mean? He's coming and fit in so many roles and, and plugged so many gaps with injuries. And you, you can't have too many Keith Watsons around your side. That's the honest truth with these type of players. So he will be sorely missed. Um, but as you said, if, if you're going to go out in a high, what a way to do it by you know surviving in the last of the season on penalties. Yeah, definitely. His, his leadership during those kind of tough spells was so key. You know, you can ever question his commitment to the club, the cause, the the fight for survival. I've, every time a, a shot came into the box, you'd see Keith throwing himself at it. You know, especially in those two, the playoff games there, especially the the first leg down at uh, Fur Hill himself, Connor, Jack were, were all throwing themselves in front of everything yeah. that came their way and um, yeah, it's always it's always disappointing when you see a, a player like that go um, but you know, they go with all of our best wishes and everything they yeah. achieved for the club it, it, it was a really successful period here for Keith Yeah, and I think as well realistically for County, we, you know we're used to players maybe being with us two or three seasons, you know, so Keith's been there and he also came at a time when we were we went down to the championship. And it was a risk for him in his career as well because sometimes then what a player can then get tagged as you're a championship player. Do you know what I mean? If it doesn't go right, you're being stuck at that level and it's harder to progress your career back up the way. So he took a risk on us and vice versa a wee bit at the time. And um, it's both paid off well for both, you know, the club and the player himself. So after five years of service, I don't think anyone can complain from our side as fans and certainly, you know, on Keith's side and that, he's, he's given us, you know, everything he can do and more as you said, as a leader in there. And knowing, speaking to a lot of people around the club and that as well, it's just a sensible head and an example to everyone. So again, he's probably another player like sort of what Don Cowie is as well. That sort of role model player that everyone looks up to and, and um, sort of manages the dressing room as well, which is a positive thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's, he's, he's got that experience through time and what he's achieved in the game. He's, he, he does that just by his nature and that and stuff. He doesn't have to be a rant and a raver. You know, he's just that, as you said, that's a calm experience in there and, and, and probably just keeping everyone in check by just his own example. Yeah, I think uh, I'm correct in saying he's the last of the playing squad from the championship winning season that was at the club that has now left. Obviously, Don is at the club in a different capacity now as assistant manager. Yes. But I think Keith was the last of, of the, the players there in that squad. Ross Monroe, maybe with Ross. Ross was there because I'm sure he played was, the Challenge yeah, Cup game. He played yeah. the Challenge Cup game, so Ross would have been around there. But um, from boys that have certainly been brought in, I think probably Keith will be be one of the last ones for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to David Cancola. Now, 
David First was on trial at the club um, during John Hughes' um, spell at the club. He came over in January, wasn't it, on trial? That's uh, right. Yogi tried to sign him, but because of, obviously, international clearance, Brexit complications, all that paperwork, um, the club didn't manage to get the deal done in time. Um, and I believe then they managed to get him on a pre-contract to come in in the summer. I think I'm, that was right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Years, which was, was interesting because there was all this chat about him signing in January and then nothing happened. So yeah. you're assuming that we missed out and that we, we didn't manage to get him and then all of a sudden he appeared. And as it said, it mentioned about a pre-contract, yeah. Um, again, a, a, a talented player, um, certainly has a bit of quality about him. You can see that. I think sometimes he's been a wee bit unlucky with injuries. It's maybe curtailed his time at the club. Um, and again, it's not a criticism of the lad. It's just maybe been unfortunate. Um Certainly, um, if you had the choice, you'd, you would want him in your squad as a player. Um, I certainly think he'd, he added value. But if the indication was he was only signing another one year's contract and the rest of the players were signing two or three year deals, then it sort of told its own story that it would be probably out of loyalty to the club for bringing him over, that he would stick with him for another season. Um, I do suspect, I imagine, that it might be more mainland Europe that he'll head back to. Um, I don't suspect it'll be another team in the Scottish game and that, but you never know. We never know. He's not indicated where he's going. It's just that he has left the club. So anything more than that for me would be speculation at this point of time because there is no clear indication where he was planning on going. Yeah, very true. I think he was always uh, a big game player. I would say that would kind of be taken into the starting eleven. You know, um, to against likes of Celtic or Rangers or one of these kind of bigger clubs and he would he would never let you down you know his yeah. game was very simple to just keep the ball moving in the middle of the park technically very good um, and yeah he obviously played his part as well in the um, the playoff win against Partick as well so you know parts on you know very good terms with the club with the yeah. fans and you know never mind the the shouts towards Partick on their music antics and whatnot <laughs> after the playoffs so it's maybe safer for him he's getting out of the country now if that is the case if the party fans are waiting for him after his comments about it um, but yeah I think as well it's probably one of these ones for the lad he had a, such a good first season in reality as, as the whole squad did yeah. that obviously all of a sudden there was probably a lot of interest in him and we probably did really well to hold on to him in fairness to get another season out of him so um, if that interest is still there which I suspect it will be um, from teams in mainland Europe and that and stuff as well um, I suspect then the offers will be financially more rewarding than it would be at County but also it might be closer to home for him as well you know, he's, yeah. he's, he can then use that on his CV and say look I've been in the Scottish top flight for two years but had a top six finish as well um, I've kept the club up and, and obviously a lot of people like football people within the football world will know who Ross County are do you know what I mean but they'll also probably be aware of the limitations of the club and the size compared to the other clubs. So I suppose for him to say, hey, look, this is what we managed to achieve, will look good going to any prospective club as well who's looking to sign him. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, thinking back on his goals for the club, he obviously scored that cracking goal down at Livingston last season. Uh, that was right. It was unlucky for the lads. It ended up 1-1. They equalised yeah. in the last seconds of the game. Yep. And it was unfortunate because it was a goal to win any game. It was an absolute screamer for the lads as well. Yeah. And I think the only other goal, if I remember right, was St Johnston away, wasn't it? I think this season, wasn't it? Yes, and he also scored the penalty down at Celtic Park uh, just before. Of course, the World that's Cup. right. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yes. So yeah, the St Johnston goal was a big goal in terms of that game, and also 
you know, in our season as well to secure three points down in Perth. Um, and yeah, you know, the the penalty at Celtic Park for a club like County, if they're going 1-0 up at Celtic Park, it creates a good memory, even though if it's, you know, extinguished yeah. very, very quickly after that. But um, no, it was, uh, it was a good memory. So uh, David uh, leaves with our best wishes as well. And finally, uh, Dominic Samuel is the um, last of the latest players to announce that they're leaving the club. Um mm-hmm. Dom joined the club two years ago, um, and I think there was there was a, a lot of excitement about his signing. And I think he's he's one of these strikers that is quite good technically, and he has just been unfortunate with injuries and and, and whatnot too. Um, he obviously scored a big goal against Dundee in our top six season as well at, at that point when uh, I think we were yeah. one 0 down at that point. He scored the first equaliser that day. Um, and you know, you look back on on goals that you know potentially could influence that season. That match was one yeah. of them. So uh, he then scored at Bucky Thistle as well in the League Cup group stages last right. summer as well. Um, and he kind of started this season in the, the kind of number ten role, just behind Jordi Hula. Um, yeah. And then kind of was in and out of the team a little bit. And his last appearance came in January at Petodri, and since then. Um, I believe there's been some injuries and, and things like that he's kind of been struggling with so um, yeah. it's just been a, a kind of an unfortunate period for him Yeah we saw that, uh, we saw certainly the potential of the lad last season um, there were spells where he came on quite often would play sort of right, right wing sort of midfield as opposed to or playing behind sort of um, Jordan White in a deeper role um, to make it more of a, a 4-5-1 and it would allow the, the, the sort of wide boys to get Further forward at times, um, so he certainly had that ability. I think, I think we'd hoped that he was going to come in and score more goals as a striker, and he was maybe just not that type of player, unfortunately, for us, um, which we needed. Um, but I think this season it seems to be like uh, it was unfortunate against Bucky. He had you know, a really good strike in the game and that, and you're hoping that second season he maybe kick on a bit, and it's just not happened for the lad. So it's probably maybe best for him and the club that now it's a parting of the ways. Do you know what I mean? You know, what you're looking for season on season is the players to try and come in and progress. And he's maybe not so much gone back, maybe he's just not, you know, developed as what we'd hoped. And, and he's maybe just been unlucky, you said, with injuries and that and stuff, Ross. But a fresh start for him and the club might be the best for all, all involved. Yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting just looking back to last season and the preseason at. Uh, mentioned the goal there at Bucky and I thought he had quite a good preseason. Yeah. Um and I thought you know this was a chance for him to to kind of kick on and it, it just it just wasn't meant to be. And sometimes these things can happen in football, you know, for a variety of reasons. Um, yeah. and it's just it's just unfortunate. And as you said, it's it gives the player a, a, an opportunity for a fresh start elsewhere. You know, I'm sure that you'll yeah. have decent offers too. Um whether it be, you know, in Scotland or in England or whatever it might be and uh, yeah it's just sometimes players need this fresh start elsewhere to kind of get kind of not kickstart the career as such it's probably not the right term but you know just kind of continue their development after it's yeah. maybe stagnated a little bit yeah just to refresh their career more than anything there's no doubt there's a player in there and he's got a lot of you know physical attributes and tools there as well um, and he had the ability he could be quite dynamic especially I remember you know like with, with the against some of the old firm and that he was really sort of pressing on them and pushing and so he had the ability to go toe-to-toe with certain players and that and would, would run his legs off for the cause so there was no doubt about that for the lad as you said it was maybe just certain circumstance and just sometimes it might be the 
sort of right player, but maybe wrong club, wrong time, if that makes sense. You know, and I yeah. think he'll certainly go and, as you said, he won't be short of offers. And I think potentially down in England where there's more opportunities, I think he'll fit back in there and, and, and do a decent job for, you know, teams. Because he came from, if I remember, was it Gillingham he came from, was it? That's correct, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously we got Regan from there as well. So it's obviously been a decent source of, of players for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he manages to go back to, to a level. There'll be plenty of opportunities in the, the English League for him. So, yeah, wish him all the best. And, you know, it, it wasn't a bad deal for us, but it maybe just didn't achieve the potential that we hoped, especially this season. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair a fair summary of it. And Dom leaves with our best wishes as well uh, yeah. for the rest of his career. As as do, as we've said, all, all three, both Keith... David and Dom, as well as Alex Siakovic, who obviously announced that he's leaving the club as well, just yeah. uh, just a week prior to. So um, now getting on to the big news that then came out on Sunday afternoon. Um, yes. County announced their first signing of the summer transfer window in Inverness Caledonian Thistle midfielder Scott Allardyce, um, which has caused... I would say quite a stir on social media as it always does when a player crosses the Keswick Bridge one way or another to sign for the rivals. Um, yeah. Stephen, what did you make of the signing? I think it's it's it, there's a lot of logic to the signing. You know, we're talking about a you know defensive midfielder, which we, we probably with Kenna now going back to Hibs at the end of his his loan deal. We need someone, I would say, in front of the defence, and he certainly fits that bill. He's got experience. He's been at Dundee United as a youngster in that as well. And playing 70-odd games for Cali, so he's got experience in the Scottish game. He's 25, so it's a good age for ourselves. So there's, you know, he's got experience behind him. And physically, he's obviously developing. Um, but with someone like Malky and, and, and Don, who can, you know, known for, you know, good coaching, developing players and getting the best out of them, they've got an opportunity at that age to keep developing and making them better. It's probably not going to be the finished article, but it's probably the right player at the right time and at the right age, I would say, as well. And also, he's come from the Scottish game, so we know what we're going to be getting with this player. Sometimes, last year, we were taking maybe a bit more of a risk on potential, which is understandable if, if the, the players in Scotland are not available or if other clubs are asking too much. So I think in this one, it's probably the right player at the right time, the right move for him. Obviously, people on the other side of the divide at Cali and the fans might not feel that, but we've had it so many years when Cali were ahead of us. Yeah. And what would happen is we saw, you know, like Don Cowie, John Rankin, Andy Barrowman, all these players move on to the other side of the bridge. And it, it's just the nature of it. If you happen to be ahead of your rival in the league above, then the opportunity arises. And again, it's a logical thing for the lad. If, he's, if his family and him are based in Inverness here, and an opportunity arises where you can increase your wage to play Premier League football, then at the end of your contract, it makes sense for the lad. Do you know what I mean? So, yep, yeah, I'm ha- happy with the signing. I think he'll, I think he'll do a good job. The, the bits I have seen of him, and again, it's not being disrespectful to Cali, but there's not as much footage that we get. The only times you really see, I or I get to watch the, the games on a Friday night when the championships on on TV. So you're only seeing maybe a, a couple of games a season in that. But what we have seen him is he looks a combative individual physical player but looks like he can play a bit as well so again if you're looking at it with someone like Danda who will release him to allow him to go and play more which is what Ken has you know, managed to do for us when I felt we noticed the difference when Ken came into the team maybe not specifically the player himself but just someone that can fill that role 
and protect the back line, but allowing the rest of the midfield to then push on and, and, and create chances and that as well. So, yeah, excited about the signing, and I think there's a lot of potential there as well. And I think, um, as I said, maybe not the finished article at 25, but he's only going to get better and better, which is a positive for ourselves. And as I said, I think we're, we're now maybe looking at the signing policy from last year. And yes, we will still take players in with potential because we've seen how that can work with George Harmon and uh, Latoury as well. You know what I mean? We, we can take the odd risks. But I think it's getting that balance right. And I think someone like Allardyce will, you know, we know what we're getting with it as well, which is a positive. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when we first heard the rumour, which was probably about, was about a week ago, I think, uh, yeah, there was stuff started to circulate from various yeah. sources and that, and um, yeah, there seemed to be a, a, in the build up to it. There seemed to be a you know as, as days went by, there seemed to be more and more coming out about it and that as well. So sometimes you're skeptical when you first hear this, yeah. Um, but what you seem to find is traction starts in these things, and as near the time of the announcement, then you start to think, well, something is happening here if that is the case. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it was quite interesting when when we heard the rumor of County's interest in Scott and I think I spoke to a few mates that are Cali fans and they were under the impression that he was probably going to move back down to the central belt and get a club I don't know like a Dundee Dundee United uh, one of these clubs clubs kind of down there that were according to these Cali fans interested in him so um, when the rumour came out last week I was quite surprised that but I was hoping it would get done because you know, we're we're laughing and joking about the, the crossing the the Keswick Bridge to to join a rival mm. and things like that. I think, you know, if you take who Scott's joined us from out of the equation, he's a very smart signing and he's a very good signing because I think, yeah. you know, Stephen, you mentioned it there with like Kenny's presence in midfield and things. I think Scott's very good and very similar to that as well, and I think he provides a bit more of a protection to the to the back four. I don't think he's quite yeah. as quite as box to box as Kenny possibly was at times. Um, But, you know, you look at, you look at uh, some of the best teams throughout, you know, any league, they've always got a strong defensive midfielder who can, you know, play in front of the back four, mop up any danger, you know, play a simple pass and, and, you know, start attacks from there. And, and from all accounts, Scott's very, very good at that. Um, He's obviously chipped in with a few goals from the base and midfield as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's 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 a very smart sign. And as you said there, I'll give players like Sadanda and even Latouri if he's next to him as well, the potential to, you know, to play a bit further up when they've got that protection, that that player like Scott in front of the yeah. back four, back three, how whatever shape it might be. Um so no, it is it's I, I think it's a very clever signing. And as you said there, the you know, it's just the it's the natural cycle of where the clubs are at just now both in terms of yeah. Ross County and Cali Thistle that you know you mentioned it there you look back to you know the early to to mid 2000s and how many of County's best players at that time at the end of the season actually moved to Inverness to to play yeah. premiership football at that point so it's just the, the roles of of reverse just now and I think that's just it's just the the nature of both teams just now and it might be that for a wee while but yeah, yeah. we'll see so uh, hopefully, hopefully for a long while. Right, well, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, for a few yeah. more years, yeah. But right. I think also from a recruitment point of view, it's a sensible signing because you're not having to convince the individual about staying in the area and hoping they're yeah. going to adapt to staying in the area. He already has lived up here for a period of time, so you, he know you know he can hit the ground running in that respect. They're not having to about relocating people and all that that goes on, which 
can take a lot out of a player because again, what we were talking about earlier is you'd only see what happens on the pitch for ninety minutes. You're talking about getting a house, getting the family up, sorting out your mortgages. You've got maybe a house down the road that you've got to you know, rent out, and all these things, and it's up and down the road, and that takes out a lot out of you as well. Yeah. Especially if you might have a young family. I don't know Scott's circumstances, but these things you all factor in as well. So yeah. from the point of view of recruitment, it's it's good that we can take someone who's already fitted into the local area, is aware of it, is comfortable with it, and that their focus can be on their football moving forward. Yeah, definitely. So um Scott's got a warm welcome from us to the football club for sure. Um Absolutely. So just th- then just moving on then finally to a few uh transfer rumours and reports um, so first we'll start off with the actual media reports of um, clubs or players link, uh, linked with Ross County um, it came out last week that um, Alan Nixon reported that um, Ross County are interested in Halifax central defender Jesse Debra um, yeah. who is a young centre half um, we put out a tweet on our social medias that of his highlights from not last season but the season before and there's just yeah. recently I, he's recently just posted his his highlights from this past season and he does look very good looks very comfortable on the ball a decent change of pace for a centre half as well looks happy to carry the ball forward and it, it looks it does look like it could be a very good signing and at the age he's at he would just continue to progress at a club like County too yeah, he's 22 year old, physical presence, very similar stature to someone like Siakovetti in the same sort of, I think he's about 6'2, 6'3, that individual. Um, combative in the air from what we could see as well, which is important because we're obviously losing that with um, with Big Al. And it, it came from Alan Nixon, if I'm right. We were having a chat about this that Alan Nixon is the person that broke sort of the Josh Stones, I'm yeah. sure. He was the one that I mentioned. So, where he's based, Alan, he seems to have his finger on the pulse, especially in the North North England about a lot of these players and these sort of areas who, who teams are signing in that and stuff as well. So it's obviously one to watch. I think he's England C International, I think he is. He's played at yeah. that level as well. Um, and I think he originally started at Millwall, but was released. But again, competition is so much down in the teams in England and that and stuff as well. We've, I say we keep harping back to it, but George Harmon, was a gem that we managed to pick up from those lower leagues in England and there's obviously a few lying about there. So, as I said, you know, we're getting a balance maybe struck a bit better this season where we're looking at the difference between signing players that have played in the Scottish League and we know what we're getting against the one or two different potentials there. So, I think certainly um, Jesse might be a a good option for us and that and stuff. Um, Obviously, I think like a lot of these things, very quickly, all a lot of other clubs, as soon as they're alert to potentially someone being available, that other clubs do show interest. Um, but what you sometimes seem to find in England, if they've come from a, an upper level, the teams around them might not want to take a risk of them until they go somewhere else and prove themselves. A bit like Megan Charles Cook did, and then all of a sudden, a boy who teams in England could have had probably for nothing a few years ago are now scrambling and offering money you know, for them. So it's a bit like Boise as well. He, there's opportunities for teams down in England and these type of things as well before he had done successful what he did with the Scottish League. So certainly I think that's one to, to watch for ourselves that something might happen on that one if Alan Nixon is reporting. He's usually um, very accurate with his, his reports and that and stuff as well. So yeah, I certainly think that's potentially one we, we can keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, speaking then of players who know the Scottish game as well, another link that came out the, the middle of last week was um, linking Ross County once again with uh, Leeds winger Stuart McKinstry who spent last season on loan at Motherwell now McKinstry's just been released 
by Leeds or is due to be released uh, once his contract expires. And um, the links with County and McKinstry last summer um, were about a couple of weeks before he signed for Motherwell. But um, initially he moved to Leeds from Motherwell um, as a a youngster and then rejoined them last season on loan. Um, He had quite a good first half of the season up until um, Stevie Hamill left his role and then um, Ketz joined the club. But from that point on, I think it was 14 games that Ketz was in charge last season and McKinstry only played about 15 minutes of football in total, which was yeah. quite quite surprising. And obviously, Motherwell slightly altered their shape and you know perhaps he didn't quite fit in. But um, looking at the the report or the, the source linking us with a move to uh, for McKinstry, um, said that Motherwell were also interested in him um, yeah. and a n- number of English lower league clubs. But... Um, according to a couple of different reports, he is favouring a move back to Scotland. So yeah. I guess we'll just see how that one kind of plays out. Yeah, it came out in the, I think it was the EFL Insider, which again is usually quite a decent source. It's quite accurate. Um, what they did do, they did say Ross County were interested, but they also mentioned Motherwell. As you mentioned there, he's not had much game time under Kets. Now that just could be horses for courses at the end of the season, yeah. but what Kets done, and maybe if in the summertime Kets might be then interested in him. Um, it'd be positive he is favouring a move back to Scotland because at least County can look at it and, and we are desperate for a winger um, that's something that I've identified and obviously we've got potentially we're looking at who we think we should be signing or, or you know positions we need to fill certainly the wide wide areas is something that I think we're definitely strengthening so that would be a, a good signing and as you said when he's played against us he has caused us a lot of problems he, he does look a talented laddie he's maybe just been a wee bit unlucky at Leeds He's had three different managers this season at Leeds. So when you're out on loan and then not playing and you've got three different managers, that's maybe the reason he's got released more than anything to do with his form or anything like that. It's just sometimes you get passed over because of the circumstance. So again, it would be a great addition, to, I think, to the squad. And again, a lad who I imagine Malky will know well from the Scottish youth setup. Yeah. And um, So hopefully there's something, a link there that we could maybe get in there because I think it's, it's, it's an area that we desperately need. And again, It'd be a player that knows the Scottish game, who we know, and um, yeah, it, again, it wouldn't be for me too much of a risk. I think some of the English clubs that are mentioned, obviously, one of them was the, the Welsh club Wrexham, which is obviously right now gaining a bit of traction. And um, obviously, there is um, financially um, rewarding for the players that are signing there, but there's also a project going on where they can see themselves in a couple of seasons' time, yeah. looking to be up in the Championship or pushing for the Premiership in England, which is probably realistic with the backing they're getting right now. So that might be something that would maybe turn his head a bit to say, well, look, there's an opportunity for signing a contract down there, knowing that, okay, they might be only in Division 2 in England, but within the next few years, they could be up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So but as I can understand the attraction on that one and, and the finance that would bring. But let's just hope, as you said, if he is looking to move back to Scotland, that County might be a really strong possibility for him. And I, again, I think one thing that County could say to him is, look, we are needing to you know, look to strengthen these positions the shirt's yours if you want it and it's up to you to make it then. Do you know what I mean? He, Motherwell, he might not be able to still be assured of that under Kets depending on what their pre-season brings like, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that was a, a rumour and report that came out last week. Um, one that's gained a lot of traction just tonight, especially as we're recording, is um, apparently we're very interested, if not close to signing Kyle Turner from Park Thistle, who um, Park Thistle just announced that um, Turner, Ross Doherty, and 
Kevin Holt have left this evening. Um, Doherty's just announced that he's signed for Dundee United. Um, there's no mm-hmm. movement on Holt yet, but um, Turner's very heavily linked with the club. Um, we spoke about this just between myself and, and yourself a couple of weeks ago um, when we kind of first heard maybe whispers about it, but it seems to have gained a lot yeah. of traction, especially tonight with, with Park's announcement. And there's a few folk now saying, you know, people that are quite well in the know with Scottish transfers that it, it's it's quite close. And I think if County pulled this off, it would be an excellent signing. Yeah, again, you know, it's a it's a player who's got experience in the Scottish game. We know what we're getting. We saw him against us, and he did look a player. The lad, he did look a player. He caused us a lot of problems. You know what I mean? Um, not the biggest of players, but very combative. Um, and again, it's it's a balancing act in there, is it with a midfield? You want a, a good blend, and I think what it would do is if we signed him, it would give us a variation, um, and it adds a bit more craft and guile. You know, he's he's obviously got a work ethic. The lad, you could see that when he played. That he, you know. Um, that his game is based around that um, but he's also got a, a, quite a bit of football in him so you know at the moment we're quite heavily reliant on Jan Danda to produce a bit of magic every so often and, and Jan has that ability but we noticed when he was out injured um, the, the, the difference there so again I think we can't have too many good options in midfield and um, looking at the players we're, we're, we've lost in the midfield well Cancola Kenny is, is too um, that we've lost, um, but also with the players potentially going back, um, we've got Guyan Edwards, Kenny, um, Awura Edwards, and Josh Stone sort of dropped into midfield a bit as well. So we, we are going to be light and maybe options. Um, and I think you were messaging myself today, Ross, if I'm right, and you were talking about Latoury has been called up to the Canadian, is it for the gold gold yeah. cap? So yep. we, we might be short at the start of the season then as well if Latoury's having to do it. So Yes, I think it would be if we could get that deal over the line sooner rather than later. Um, and if the if he's come back and said to the club he's turning down a contract offer, that usually indicates that he knows what his next destination is. You wouldn't turn down a contract knowing that you're at least not got one offer, another offer on the table. Yep. Fingers crossed it is Ross County. Uh, and as you said, there seems to be a lot of traction. We've not seen anything in a press report per se. But the stuff, as you said, on social media and a lot of these people on the, the, the sites such as Pie and Bobrel and all these different sites are usually people that sort of first started talking about the Simon Murray rumour. That was one of the ones that came out quite often um, towards the, the end of the, the January transfer window. It came very strong from that area as well. So there may be something in that as well. I certainly imagine County are interested in him and have acquired it, but, you know, spoken to his agent in that. So let's just hope that if, if that is the case that they can get that deal over the line. And I think like Allardyce, I think it'll be um, a really good Scottish-based player who we know what we're going to get from it and, again, has the potential to improve with, you know, time and, and, and coaching as well. So, you know, exciting to be considered along that lines of a player of that level and ability that we could maybe potentially be in there for him. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's quite interesting with Turner because, obviously, when we watched him play against us in the playoffs, he was kind of sat in front of the the bat four with Doherty, but he's very comfortable in playing a bit higher up in a likes of a Jan Dander role, just, you know, playing off yeah. up, uh, behind one or two strikers, however, you know, the team might be lining up and, you know, you're speaking about adding options in there. It creates a variety of different shapes that the, the team could potentially use as well. Um, you know, technically he's very good. As you said, he's, he's very combative. Um, 
despite his, you know, his stature, you know, he'll get stuck yeah. in as much as anyone else will do. Um, so, like, it's it's an exciting rumor to hear. And, you know, right now we are just speculating on it. We're just reading off what some people are saying on social media, but it seems to be gaining yeah. quite a bit of traction. So, look, by the time the next podcast comes out, you could have signed for another club and we're thinking, all right, well, that's that gone. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, so that's one that's really picked up tonight. And uh, finally, the the last one, which we've kind of heard over the last week or a couple of weeks, was um, uh, Regan Hendry, uh, formerly of Forest Green Rovers, who joined them from Wraith Rovers two years ago. Um, and yeah, spent that's right. Uh, the second half of uh, this season just passed on loan at Tranmere. Um, again, another player who knows the Scottish game, um, a young midfielder looking to develop. And I think he's technically very good, um, quite yeah. similar to likes of a, a Danda in the kind of number 10 role. He can play yeah. box to box. He, he's very comfortable even playing as like a, not an out and out winger as such, but as a kind of uh, a creative midfielder out on the, the left or right, you know, it can cause players yeah. problems there if you've got a, you know, a, a George Harmon overlapping him on the outside and things like that. It does create a number of options there to to have a player like that in the squad too. Yeah, and he's got a delivery on him from a from across or a set piece. He's, there's um, footage of him. I think I sent it. You're selling up to screaming about goal he yeah. scored towards the end of the season for Forest Green Rovers. I think it was last year. Obviously, yeah. I think Duncan Ferguson's taken over there, and they've just gone down to the same division so obviously he's wanting to put his stamp in it and it's maybe again one of the circumstances lad, if he's out of contract sometimes it's again it's the circumstance if you've gone down and you're out of contract it's probably one of the only ways as a, a tighter squad it's maybe not got as much finance as the rest of the league where you can sort of allow a player to go to create space to bring someone else in so again it might be your circumstance and the boys actually not played well but I think sometimes where counties succeed in the past and I'm thinking about the time when we had the Invincibles, a lot of those players were boys that had maybe been discarded by clubs and had a point to prove. And I think sometimes for County, you know, the you know Allardyce is obviously wanting to come in and prove that he's a Premiership player and a mainstay in that. Do you know what I mean? At 25, he's wanting to go and do that. The same as if we can get the boy Turner, um, who's just left Park Thistle, he would have been hoping and praying that this season coming, it would have been with Partick. But if not, then he's obviously thinking, right, I need to go now and try my hand at it. He's probably got that taste for it after those games and that and stuff as well. So there, I, I would not be surprised if, if that was the case with Regan Hendry, that he's, you know, he wants to go and prove himself and that and stuff after maybe a spell where it's maybe just not worked out for him elsewhere and that. And again, it's someone that probably Malky will know through the Scottish game and the setup. And before he went down the road there, he was, you know, he was doing really well at Wraith, my understanding. That's what caught the eye to, for, for the move itself. So I think there's a, there's options there. And again, it makes sense with the midfield, with the positions that we're going to be. Because looking at the squad, we've got a squad of about, at the moment, 19 players signed up. But of those 19 at the moment, probably I would say seven of them, potentially we've got two who are long-term injuries and Callahan and Ben Payton, and Ben's only on a temporary contract until he's done his rehab, and whether he extends it or not will remain to be seen. But then you've got five other players potentially in there who will probably go back out on loan. So we've got three at the moment, I think, that are out of contract but not being said being released by the club. So you're assuming the likes of Alex Samuel and that, that they're waiting to potentially, they've maybe been offered contracts and are waiting to hear if they're going to accept them or not. 
So if we get those three that are currently pending, um, if that is the case, you're probably at the moment having a squad of about 15. We normally work off a squad of about 24. So with that, you're probably looking at nine potential signings coming in. and Already we've got one in Allardyce. So we're probably looking at somewhere around eight potential signings, I would say, just to get the squad numbers up. But that's before we even consider that, for example, there was a lot of interest in Danda recently um, after the end of the season. Um, but my understanding, he's quite settled and quite happy to stay in the area. But you just don't know. Money might talk in these situations if a big money offer comes in. Um, there's been stuff about potential Aturi and, and Major League Soccer teams being looking at him now because he's done so well and now he's in the Canadian national squad and involved in that, then that will draw people's eyes to it. So at the moment we're saying nine, it could be more if players do move on from the squad and that and stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's key to say as well, obviously, it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens with likes of, you know, Matty Wright, Adam McKinnon, um, Logan Ross, these kind of guys who, you know, will want to kind of develop as a player as well and you know what's their kind of career pathway as such just now you know all three of them have had very successful loan spells um and have yeah. been around the first team you know at, at different times too so um they'll potentially they could be part of the squad it depends kind of how you know pre-season goes for them and, and whatnot so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there but I'm assuming we'll probably hear a bit more news in regards to you know, the the other contracts and the players that are out of contract maybe this week once likes of Malky and Ferg have returned from holidays that after all, you know, which they are very well deserved after the end of the yes. season. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that's when kind of news will start coming out. Obviously, this, the signing was announced yesterday of Scott Allardyce and yeah, yeah. we'll start to hear a little bit more and more once that kind of comes out. And plus, I, the, think, the, um, I think Fergie and Malky are, are back this week if they're not yeah. back already. Yeah. I think the players return on around and in around Monday the twenty sixth of yep. June for preseason. And I uh, normally you will the club will post something about it. But normally what happens is that first week the players um, who they can sign from the Scottish game, isn't it? Because anything past that, I think the international window opens after the first of July, I think. So what we we found last year was the sort of first week in July is when a lot of the signings got announced. Um, and that happened in the training camp abroad that the boys yeah. had went out there and they were sort of just drip fed, which was great. I actually thought it was a really good way of doing it by the club. The daily you were tuning in to see a new signing come out, yeah. even though the boys had been out there training, but I thought it was a really good thing for the club to do. It keeps everyone's attention, especially during, you know, if you announce them all at one or then it's sort of like, great, you hear them all, but then it's just like, okay, there was that constant, you know, what's the next signing, what's happening? Um, I'm not sure. I've not heard anything about the boys going abroad, but I imagine it might be something that's already been considered by the club, and they tend to do that. So I imagine we commence on the third of July if they are if they are going to go abroad for a week's uh, warm weather training and, and team bonding, then that'll probably be week commence on the third of July, and then they'll probably be back around the tenth, potentially a pre-season friendly that week, maybe around Wednesday the twelfth before obviously they start the league cap on the fifteenth away at Stranraer. That's correct. So I imagine that's how pre-season probably be built up for the boys. And, and so, you know, I imagine any sort of signings in Scotland we might hear about this week. The rest, I imagine, might not happen until next week with the international clearance having to come through and that and stuff as well. So just a little note to the listeners out there. I'm just in the middle of editing the podcast right now and um, listening back, obviously myself and Stephen were talking about County's links to Reagan Hendry and... Um, 
having a quick scroll through social media and, and news and whatnot. Um, Tramway Rovers have just announced the signing of Reagan Henry on a two-year deal following his successful loan spell from Forest Green Rovers. So it just shows how quickly these rumours uh, and links with players can change and how the the silly season of a transfer window can really work out. So um, obviously that link is now dead in the water, I think it's safe to say. Um, but obviously wishing Regan the best for his move at, uh, to Tranmere. And yeah, it's just going to cause County now to look at targets elsewhere and identify players in a similar position or a similar type that you might be able to attract to the club. Um, Stephen, thank you very much for joining me. We are now going to move into a, a little different kind of segment that we've done on the podcast with uh, Jack Lingard and Andy Young, uh, where we've picked our best Ross County 1-11, to but we're only allowed to pick one player from the past 11 seasons, so one from each season, um, which I'm sure will cause a bit of debate amongst the, a lot of the listeners and uh, create a bit of debate amongst us too. So uh, we'll get into that right now. something a little bit different lined up for you. A tweet from at the Irish guy on Twitter has caused quite an interesting topic. He tweeted from 2013 to 2023, pick your club's best starting 11 using one player per year. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, and when I say we, I'd like to introduce our, our guests first. So first up, we've got Jack Lingard coming back onto the podcast. Jack, welcome. Thanks Ross, delighted to be back. Good stuff. And our second guest, who is making his debut on the podcast, we've got Andy Young. Andy, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. I hope I don't uh, impact the listen figures too much. No, it's all right. I mean, we've, we have tried to get you on for a few weeks now, but you're a, you're a busy man to pin down. <laughs> Always up to something, but I've, uh, I feel a lot of work into my team. Um, and I'm hopeful it's a, a strong team. I've not missed anyone too obvious. That would be embarrassing, but looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it should be good. So um, just to run through it again, we're just picking a starting 11, which contains one player from the past 11 seasons. You know, I'm sure we'll have some names in common in our teams and then some that will be different. So um, it'll be quite an interesting debate. So um, we'll just get started straight away with it. Guys, um, what formation have you gone with? Andy, we'll start with you. I've gone 4-4-2, classic. Yeah, box standard four four two. That's the same for me, Jack. What have you gone for? I've gone for a, a three five two, um, with some very attacking wide players. So, yeah, um, hoping to to outscore the opposition. Yeah, I, I think I've kind of gone for the same kind of vibe in my team as well. It is very attack minded. So yeah, it'll, it'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining to watch if that was the team. So. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to run through it year by year and pick the player from uh, that season and then at the end we'll we'll go through the, the entire starting level from start to finish so um, starting with season 2012-2013 Jack who have you picked from this season? Uh, I've gone with Captain Fantastic Richie Britton Okay interesting well, and what was the reasons for that? Um, well, scored, I think, what was it? It was double figures for midfield. I think he scored like 10 goals that season. Um, obviously, 
captained us to a top six finish, finish fifth in our first season in the top flight. Um, and then, of course, signed a pre-contract with St. Johnson and then changed his mind and stayed with the boys. So I thought he was, thought he was the, the obvious pick for me for that year. Fair enough. And whereabouts is he playing in your three five two? Uh he's playing he's playing centre midfield, so I've got three centre midfielders in there. Um I mean I it'd be a fluid it'd be a fluid midfield three. So you can you can get forward. There's there's some legs behind him, I'll let you know later who's doing the running behind him, but you'll be able to get forward. Fair enough. Uh Andy, who have you gone for? I've gone Richie Britton as well. Have um, you? Okay. Yeah, just to add on what Jack was saying, according to Wikipedia, it was 10 goals in 38 games, which is a very good turn for a midfielder. Um, and he was just such an important player um, in the kind of, not only the early SPL days, but also the first division days. I think it was slightly over like 200 games, so many years at County, um, which is such a great leader as well, um, and his passion and stuff for the club. So, um, yeah, I think he's, for me, one of the all-time best County players. So he was a, a quite an easy pick for that one. Fair enough. I mean, thinking back, I think he scored the club's first Premiership goal, the the free kick against Celtic, and then scored our first win as well, which was the penalty down at Dens Park. I remember the free kick he scored against St Mirren in January time, the first game after the break, where Ivan Sproul got a double that day too. So there was a lot of like big goals and big moments that he came up with that season. Um, I've not gone for, for Richie, interestingly enough. Um, this was quite a tough one. I, this was probably the one I kind of struggled on the most with. I was stuck between either Grant Monroe or Scott Boyd as the first of my two centre halves. Um, they both played 38 matches in all competitions. Um, Grant Monroe got two goals and two assists. Obviously, the most memorable, memorable goal being the, uh, the volley against Celtic. That was a big moment. Um, Scott Boyd only missed three matches that season. And they both had, uh, well, they, when they were playing, they had 14 clean sheets. So I think only, I think there was 15 in total during the league season. So they only missed one match each uh, where there was a clean sheet. So it was a proper, just flip of a coin for this one. Um, I went for Grant Monroe just because of that moment against Celtic that season. Um, that kind of edged it. Um, and then, yeah, we'll go on to my next pick. Uh for 2013-14 in a minute. Andy, who have you gone for for that next pick? Well, I just um, went on Wikipedia to myself of his stats and for someone who's apparently played about 30 games for the club over two spells, it's probably quite a, a questionable pick. But I've gone for Economy at left-back. Um, just for me, I always thought Scott Morrison was, was a great left-back, but I think I think at that time in County you're bringing in a lot of unknown players. Um, it was a really interesting time because you hadn't really seen a kind of style of football like that. I remember one game, Economy taking the ball down his chest in the box when you'd normally expect someone to head that away. It was just such a such a kind of crazy, admirable style of football um, that I loved watching. Don't don't get me wrong when. When David Raven tackled him on the goal line and scored in that Highland Derby, that you know that wasn't great. But I just thought it was it was such a yeah, just a different style of play that we were getting to see, kind of first hand and one stuff. So that's why I went for him. Um, probably contradict myself, probably not the best left back we ever had, but yeah, just that style was just so different. 
uh, and so cool at the time. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably what shocked us the most was that he was so different to the usual left backs that we'd seen at the club, especially, you know, t- taking us so by surprise in that like first season when he spent the first six months at the club and then we were all disappointed to then lose him and then excited for him to come back. And yeah, just technically he was so good. He had just a wee bit of skill about him as well. And yeah, just a really, really good player. Jack, who have you gone for? So um, I was like very tempted to go with economy as well, to be fair. Like Andy, um, I brought a real, uh, some real cultured stuff to Dingwall, man. I mind him, I similarly like taking, taking it down on his, on his thigh from goal kicks and stuff like that. Um, but there's someone that I just, I had to have in. Uh, so I, I like yourself thought about putting him in for, uh, the previous season, but I've gone for Scott Boyd for thirteen fourteen, um, and you know I thought he's someone that sort of he would start every week um, that season, often with guys like uh, Branislav Mitchich and uh, Brian McLean beside him. Uh, so I thought you know for him to sort of consistently put in the performances he did, uh, scored a, a beautiful crest, a beautiful volley in the back of the net at, at Cali Park. Um, and I suppose, well, he's sort of, he's that guy where like, unless there was a standout player, pretty much every home game, he'd be the sponsors man the match. I think it was sort of everyone <laughs> kind of recognised. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, he was just, he was solid for us um, and I really wanted to have him in the team. So I've gone with Scott Boyd. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, for for that pick, I was, again, stuck between two um, purely because I picked Grant Monroe in the first one. So my, my first choice was Scott Boyd. Exact same reasons you've listed out there, Jack. Um, 29 matches in all competitions, scored the goal in the, the derby at New Year as well to, to win 2-1. Um, Ginger Pele just uh, you, you want him to be in your team when you're talking about a really solid Ross County team the one person I kind of thought of about maybe going a little bit left field because of his six months he had at the club was Jan Songo mm. I thought he was he was brilliant when he was here during those six months and I remember it was you know the the songs about him wanting to go to Brazil for the World Cup and, and all this kind of stuff obviously it didn't happen unfortunately but um, he played 23 matches across all competitions and scored three goals um, I just felt it was like one of those cases where you know everyone says don't fall in love with a lone player and it was kind of like that um, he, he uh, was does that that kind of ball playing role that he did as well was, yeah. was such a fairly new thing like carrying the ball from the back and stuff he was a really really good player yeah definitely uh, didn't Derek end up taking him to like every club he's ever managed since Kenny yeah, <laughs> yeah so he's he was at I can't remember exactly if he was at Plymouth but he's definitely been at Bradford at and, Plymouth yeah and Markham as well following Derek so yeah so it's just one of these players that you know he clearly had a lot of faith in after he met him and and yeah you see quite a few managers like take players around like um, Harry Redknapp with like his Nico Cranchar and stuff like that you know players like that so um, but no I, I went I went for Scott uh, Scott Boyd in that second centre half role I mean you know it's a solid partnership between him and and Grant there so yeah I thought that was quite good Um Right, moving on to 2014-15. Uh, Jack, who have you picked from this one? 
Um, so I've gone for I've gone for Jackson Irvin for that season. Okay. Um, and I actually thought like Jackson Irvin's best seasons uh, best season was was the following year, but I mind it being a terrible start to the season, like a really brutal start to the season, and there being some not great performances from some of the players that uh, were brought in in the summer. Um, and I think was it uh, was it Fergie that signed yeah. Irvin like right in the end I yeah so and, um, Derek, Derek left and it was I think it was on deadline day wasn't it that Midge yeah. Jackson Irvin and Darren Barr came in when Ferg was kind of in caretaker charge I think I think the moves were kind of going about just prior to that so they were they were already pretty much done and dusted I think but yeah I and I was pretty unconvinced by him, to be honest, to begin with. Like, I think I'd sort of seen him at Kilmarnock on loan the season before. Um, I didn't really think much of him. But see when Mark and Tyre started playing us with a 4-4-2 and it was uh, Jackson Irvin and Martin Woods, I think, yeah. in centre midfield. Uh, and Jackson Irvin was just box to box every game, covering so much ground. Um, I thought he got like, like the sort of second half of that season, he got a lot more confident and was like taking the ball on, um, sort of carrying it well. And then obviously, sort of everything he's done with his career, um, you know, he had a great season. The next season, can't you? But everything he's sort of done afterwards, he's you know, he's really, um, he's uh, played in the World Cup with Australia. Uh, really, really wanted to have him in the team. Uh, so I've gone with gone with Jacko. Fair enough. And just in the, one of the other centre mid spots, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Andy, who have you gone for? I've gone for Paul Quinn at centre-half. Um, just something to economy. Didn't play a, a great deal of games over two spells, but I think when he came in, um, if I remember it, the club was really struggling. Um, I think Derek had left and, and McIntyre brought him in as a free agent, but I thought he, he just added so much to the defence. Um, the, kind of the, the experience of being down south, his leadership... Um, and was a really solid defender and I think he did so well that he went to Aberdeen which I think speaks volumes of, of how well he was doing um, and coming back one League Cup um, that header against Celtic in semi-final that was a brilliant set piece um, so yeah I think it was just over those two spells he was although he didn't play much I just think he was really consistent and was such an important part of the defence like him and Andrew Davis were a really good partnership um, back then and was captain at points too. So, um, yeah, I suppose, um, like, like you guys were saying earlier, like Scott Boyd and Grant Monroe were definitely my thoughts. But um, maybe I've structured it wrong, but I was I couldn't really match the bin. So I thought, yeah, Paul Quinn for me. It's an interesting one, actually, because we were just talking just um, before we started recording and we were kind of going through, like, what formations have we got and stuff. And I, I said I was really stuck between a, a 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2. And I originally structured my team as a 4-4-2. But then when I remembered about Paul Quinn, I wanted to restructure it to a 3-5-2. But then I thought it's going to take too much work and kind of like tinkering elsewhere and things like that. And Paul was excellent when he when he came in. You know, as he said, Andy got his move to Aberdeen off the back of it. And yeah, he was, he was really solid, kind of calmed things down because we were struggling at that point. And then obviously after New Year, we went on the... 
another crazy unbeaten run, which we kind of seemed to do from January onwards. And and yeah, he was a big part of that. And you mentioned there, obviously the 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 goal against Celtic the following season, like that was his. I think that was his debut, wasn't it? He just he just signed a few days prior and then came into the team and and yeah, made the most of a Andrew Davis header back across goal and also well, Alex. Alex Schalk having Craig Gordon in a headlock on the goal line as well. That was another one. So, um, no, yeah, well, thank God for that. Um, yeah, so I, he, Paul Quinn was in my mind for this, but I needed a life back in my team. So I went for Jamie Record, um, which is maybe a bit of a different one from what people will be listening to and kind of having it lined up in their team. But um, looking back at his stats, um, made 27 appearances in all competitions, scored one goal and three assists, um, scored a winner against Dundee, um, set up a goal and a 2-1 win against St. Johnson, set up another against um, uh, Motherwell, sorry. So, yeah, um, there was assists there that earned county points, which I thought were quite vital. And I always remember him kind of, a kind of not a similar style as such to Economy, but kind of very technically good like when the ball was at his feet and he was almost kind of one of these defenders that's got quite a long stride especially at fullback so yeah I, I wanted a left back on my team so I thought well I quite liked watching Jamie Record so I thought I think that's a good choice um, right following on to 2015-16 um, Jack mentioned Jackson Irvin was in his team for the following season I've put him in for this season because I think looking at the stats you know, it's it's quite an easy decision. Um, 45 appearances across all competitions, three goals and 11 assists. Man of the match performance in the League Cup final, which he set up the opener for Michael Gardown to score. Scored the winner against, uh, sorry, the opening goal against Cali in the League Cup quarterfinal. Um, and he also grabbed league goals against Dundee in a 5-2 victory and a Motherwell in a 2-1 victory in the league. Jack then mentioned, obviously, everything that he's gone on to, to do in his career. Um and yeah, he got the move to Burton Albion at the end of that season and, and kicked on from there. So, you know, when we're talking about really strong Ross County teams and, and that was a really strong team that season um, with, you know, a few players like Andrew Davis, um, Richard Foster, um, players like that, that I was kind of considering maybe having in, could I shoehorn them in somewhere? But um, no, Jackson had to be the, the pick from that year. So um, Andy, who have you gone for? I can't say any more, Jackson Irvin as well. Just brilliant player just up and down the pitch such a uh, an influential player and was a massive loss as well when he went down to Burton but yeah he was just fantastic yeah it's quite a quite an easy choice Jack who have you gone for in this season then if you've already picked Jackson so I've gone through um, club record holding goal scorer and appearance holder Michael Gardine um, and I would agree you know, if I was if I was to pick who I thought was the best player that season, I would say Jackson Irvin. I thought it was a, he was a real standout for us. But I had to have Gardine in for everything he's done at the club, and also scored the first in the League Cup final. Um, I believe set up the second as well. It was him that ran the length. It was in, yeah, um, and also I had twenty quid on County to win and Gardine anytime. Uh, so he made me like, I think I got like 80 quid for that. So um, off of that game alone. <laughs> I was like over 200 pounds or something, was it not? I don't, do you know what? I actually don't think the odds were that good. No. Um, but I just, I knew that he was going to do it. So I just put it on anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's obviously my my favourite game as a county fan, seeing us um, win a win a major trophy. So for his contribution in that in that uh, final loan of putting of putting guard in. That's fair enough. I think that's a fair choice as well. Um, moving on to 2016-17. Um, I felt like this was quite an easy one. Um, I think we're, we're nodding heads here that I think we're all <laughs> going to have the same choice. Um, Liam Boyce. I mean, yeah. I think it was quite quite an easy choice personally for me. 40 matches in all competitions, 24 goals and six assists. Um, 23 of those goals and five of those assists came in the league. He was the the golden boot winner in the league. Um, and as a nice little sweet moment, nine of those goals came in Highland derbies against Cali, which is uh, must be some sort of record, I think. I mean, that, that surely deserves a place in the you know the um, HFA Hall of Fame just for a goal scoring record <laughs> like that against your rivals. So, um, Jack, who have you gone for? Yeah, same. Um, obviously everything you said um, and I'd like to add as well four goals in one game which sealed Cali's fate um, they're getting relegated um, and you know gesturing to the Cali fans that they're going down you know after his, after his third as well so uh, I nah boys definitely Andy boys as well I think yeah he was just such a an amazing goal scorer. I think the interesting thing about him as well, when he when he first arrived, like it took him a while to kind of get up to speed before saying football, but everything here off the bench, you know, he'd get a goal and you can think there's a player there. I mean not that I predicted that he'd go on to be as good as he was, but um he showed promise um quite early on and then just became just such an important player um over so many seasons. I say this the stats were were so impressive. Um and then yeah, when when to burn it's such a shame about the injury. Because um, he kind of think didn't have the injury, could have you know maybe done a bit more done self, but um, yeah, he's yeah. achieved so much in his career. Such an important player for Hearts um, at different points as well. So yeah, he's um, one of the best strikers, I suppose. Can't be if not the best I've um, I've seen. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's quite interesting thinking back to those goals, especially like so the the goals in the derby. His second goal in the three-two win at Cali Park, where. He sends David Raven into the muddy Firth with the dummy after the the cross ball from uh, Richie Foster. It's just like it's one of those goals that you feel like you can just watch over and over again because it is the the first touch is so satisfying. You know, he um, another one another goal that kind of reminded me of that was I think his his first season at the club um, with the second goal down at Midden. I think it was where yeah, yeah. he just crossed it into his chest, it down and nutmegged Jim Goodwin. It's just like one of those ones you can feel like you can watch over and over again. He left the chop, didn't? Yeah, aye. Um, so, yeah, that was all. That was always a kind of a, a memorable goal, and uh, the header as well. His second goal in the four 0 win. Um, that was a that was a really good, um, really good goal there as well. So, um, yeah. Um, so just before we uh, move on to the remainder of our picks, um, we're just going to take a quick break, and we've recorded an interview with Ross County's Head of Commercial, Duncan Chisholm, and Marketing Specialist, Jack Michael, last week. So um, we sat down and chatted with them for 20 minutes, and here's what they had to say. Uh, we're 
delighted to welcome Ross County's Head of Commercial, Duncan Chisholm, and Marketing Specialist, Jack Michael, onto the podcast. Guys, welcome. How are we? Good, Ross. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Jack, all good? Yeah, all good. All good. Good. Um, obviously, it's been a busy few days for you guys. I mean, you know, talk us through that a little bit. Must be, you know, running on a bit of empty, never mind just after Sunday, but obviously kit launches, season ticket renewals, all that. Yeah, uh, the ball hitting the back of the net on Sunday evening was was just the start of it, let's say. Um, it was always planned that we were going to be launching our, our new kit, our new Seaforth kit on Monday morning and launching season tickets. So it could have gone against us if the result had gone against us. But the response has just been outstanding. Huge, huge response. Uh, both in the sale of the new kit, which has been really well accepted, um, more so by adults, we've we've seen a, a bigger sway towards adult buying the new kit than than kids, um, which is which is great as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but season tickets has just been absolutely phenomenal. Actually, so well that it's caused some problems of us not getting back on calls and things like that, uh, uh, which we're we're working through. Uh, yeah. a, a fantastic small team, but underlying small team that we're trying to get through everything. But yeah. Uh, short answer is uh, just a fantastic response Ross yeah brilliant yeah definitely and Jack on the social media kind of side everything's yeah. been really positive really exciting on that front too I think Sunday's result obviously helped that massively I think we've had the best part of 4 million impressions on social media in the last 7 days which is obviously a lot more than we're used to yeah of course um, so we just want to jump on the back of Sunday's result get that kit out get the scene ticket out and keep that positivity going which I think we've, we've done this week which yeah so fingers crossed we can keep that going as well yeah definitely so um Dunk, let's start with you. Just tell us a little bit about your role at the club. Yeah, uh, well, my role at the club is to look after anything commercial. Uh, also look after the foundation, the community side of the club. Uh, anything commercial can be anything from sign, LEDs in the park, hospitality, to the strip launches and uh, any partnerships, sponsorships that we have. Um, I think what we're looking to do is to see what more we can do uh, what more we can do out in the communities that we serve and, and support the club but also what we can do with other businesses uh, you know examples like NHS we're looking to see how we can tie up with NHS and how we can integrate NHS support to our fans and vice versa um, so just looking at things a little bit differently than what we've done before but not breaking anything that's no need no need or not fixing anything that's, no need, that's not broken so um, yeah, it's a, it's a wide and varied role, um, but the way I explain it is anything that's got a pound attached to it, uh, I kind of try and look after and enhance. And that includes business, uh, business agreements, business partnerships, affiliations, anything at all that uh, we can commercialise within the club, uh, I look after or put my nose into and see if we can get uh, do better for the club in a win-win situation as well so yeah yeah interesting interesting uh, Jack same thing goes to you I mean, yeah. tell us a little bit about your role yeah so I'm market specialist for the club so I kind of head up all media marketing comms so anything on social media the websites um, press TV stuff as well so any interviews that are done either in press or TV I'm always with Malky or with the players for doing that press conferences during the week it's the same and then anything else that goes out online Obviously working closely with Dunk on the commercial side of it as well to get that out as much as possible. Um, so yeah, very varied. And then obviously the match day stuff. So all the, all the social media stuff on a match day. Interviews and stuff after the game. Yeah, very wide. 
and varied role. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so just tell us about you know how you joined the club and then also just the, the experience that you brought into the role, you know, from past roles too. Uh, so I was originally at Global. I was at Global for nine months, and then um, once uh, Dale and Stuart McDonald Butler, um, when they were both leaving the club, I got asked if I wanted to to move from Global into the club, which so you know, a football man myself, it was obviously a great opportunity. Um, I was actually on the board of Broad Rangers for three years before um, joining the club as well. So, yeah, just that opportunity to work full-time in football was one that really excited me, to be fair. Um, so, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Dunk, same goes to you. What were you kind of doing beforehand yeah. and then when you arrived at the club too? Well, I'm just a little bit older than Jack, so... Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, a wee bit, just a wee bit. Um, no, I, I spent 30-plus years in media, uh, working in newspapers and radio across, pretty much across the UK in the end, uh, working for a variety of different groups. Uh, but in, the, in amongst that spell, I also had a spell as commercial manager here at the club uh, when we were in the third division. Um, and that didn't last that long purely the pool of going back to media uh, why did I come back to the club uh, it was the telephone call from Mr McGregor probably was the one as well but, uh, and it was uh, welcomed with open arms as well I'm a fan, uh, been involved as you know Ross uh, in various forms in football uh, for a long long time uh, and uh, always, always been a fan of Ross County uh, so football and commercialisation is just the perfect match for me and, and it's been brilliant. What, what do we want to bring? It was the other part of your question? It's just looking at things differently. Um, I think just putting a sticker on something is just not always going to be work and it's not sustainable. Uh, and you're refreshing every year and what we're trying to look at now is how we can make it win for the client and the club. So there are win-wins and, and in effect I want people to be knocking on my door to come and do something with us instead of us chasing it all the time, which is which is always going to happen. But yeah, just looking at things differently and what we can do, what we can do better, and what we can do, as I said before, with our communities that we serve and who support us. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously, at the time of recording, it's been a few days since the playoff final second leg, and and in the aftermath of that, talk to us about the impact that the Premiership survival has behind the scenes as well. You know, we've spoken just before the recording about it. it's a very small commercial team here. Um, and, you know, for a supporter that comes in to buy the new kit, uh, renew their season ticket, personally, I've, I can't remember seeing the club shop that busy in a long time. So it must be really encouraging for you guys. Yeah, bonkers. It's just gone absolute bonkers. It's uh, from uh, Monday morning. And, and believe it or not, this was planned. Uh, this was our plan that we've had in place for a couple of months. And as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, it could have been it could have backfired on us mm-hmm. launching a brand new kit uh, on the day after a result that could have been negative uh, could have had a, an adverse effect on us and lo- obviously launching early bird season tickets um, that I'll, I'll speak about after this but uh, to start off with the kit the kit one has been very well accepted uh, you would have seen the new video that Jack created um, and that affiliation to the Seaforth Highlanders and showing a little bit of yesterday, today and tomorrow uh, with some old faces yeah. I know they won't be uh, unhappy with we call <laughs> Billy and Don calling them old faces but old faces of the club with the current faces and some new faces which is really nice to see and bring them a part of the club the strip itself is going back to more traditional type than we had last year that seems to be very appealing as well um, but we've sold more than double last year we sold a double launch the home and the way together yeah. 
This year we sold, we started selling the launch of the home only and we sold double the figures of the home and away last year. So okay. it's been phenomenal. There's been a bigger sway to the adult um, uh, audience as well. More, more adults are buying the kit than, than previously before. As in season tickets, and sorry, going back to Monday morning, 12 o'clock, uh, we opened the door uh, to be met by a queue that nearly went to the Jubilee Bridge. Uh, which is just, you know, brings a smile upon everybody's yeah. face until you're on your third day of that, realising <laughs> that you haven't had a break or a cup of tea in that point. But no, it's been, the girls in the shop have been phenomenal. Uh, what that's created is is lots of calls and lots of emails that are not getting answered that we're, that we're getting through right now, we're trying to get through right now. So, you know, if there's not anything I can say is just please be patient with us. We, we have a a small team that are working tirelessly in the background to get around everybody. And season tickets have, uh, again, just been huge for us. Uh, to date, you know, we're three days, two and a half days after launch, we've got an additional 25% new season tickets that's been bought. Uh, and I think, you know, that's on the base of, of, of Sunday's result as well and, uh, and the hysteria that was picked up from that. And just excitement and feel-good factor, which has been great. Um, so no, it, uh, Ross, it's it's been brilliant. It's been a brilliant start, and we're about to launch our new leisure wear online, which is new Joma kit. In a few weeks' time, we'll launch our away kit coming off as well, and we'll be launching our new commercial packages in the coming week as well. So uh, the the players may be away living it up in uh, Dubai and beaches and things like that, signing it up. But the commercial team, this is our exceptionally busy time, and we've got to make. Uh, make as much hay when the sun's shining as as, it, as we possibly can. So no, great, great. Yeah. Uh, it's great to hear. And you know, Jack, from a marketing point of view, it must have been pretty easy to obviously ah, feed off the hype right. off Sunday. Yeah. But also, you know, mentioning like the the launch video mm -hmm. there, um, including some old faces like of Billy and yeah. Don Senior, and also the kind of the current group and also a younger generation. Uh, I think it was really well received mm -hmm. on social media. Yeah, I think uh, we wanted to go away from the kind of traditional kind of studio studio shots of, mm -hmm. of the kit. Um, we want to actually make a video that will make people want to go out and buy it. Yeah. Um, so we kind of, it was just myself and Dan talking in the office one day, we thought, thought of that idea and then um, we worked with a local video agency to help kind of produce that. Um, but I think people seeing those old faces, especially that could be a reason for the increase in adult purchases, people seeing familiar faces that yeah. kind of resonate with them from their um, time growing up watching Ross County and yeah, that was brilliant. And then for season tickets, we've obviously tried to capture some of the footage from fans and stuff from uh, Sunday as well. Um, so using that to kind of promote season tickets as well as it was always going to be an easier sell being in the Premiership and the Championship. Yeah, um, of course. But yeah, just using that kind of stuff, the content from Sunday, just pushing out as much of that as possible, which kind of, I think, yeah, it's worked quite well. I think a special note has to be put to DP Media. Ian Forsyth and his team uh, not only patient with the two producer directors that's sitting in front <laughs> of you um, but just what they've did from a scribble on a piece of paper upstairs in the commercial office to what they produced uh, was fantastic and to have a voice like Willie Cameron who helped, us, helped the club out um, in doing that voice is just brilliant actually I received a, a call from uh, Willie on Monday morning saying uh, it possibly could be the most successful uh, promotional material he's ever done based on the result that we had planned on yeah, Sunday night. Course. So 
Uh, of course, we'll try and take as much credit, but we cannot take credit <laughs> for the results, you know. So, no, it's been great. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, another um, area of the launch as well was the uh, the Gaelic version yeah. of the launch as well. That was something that's very unique as I, well, and definitely. I think that's been very well received yeah. too. Again, with that, we've, um, that was working with, with DP Digital. Um, so, they've got a member of staff who's a Gaelic speaker, um, and we kind of work with them on that. So, it's something different, I think. Um, it's a good thing for us to have, obviously being where we're from and like to BBC Alban, uh, a lot of Gaelic speakers from around the area picked it up which has been it's been really nice to see. I think even that one we've had over fifty thousand, fifty five thousand views on the Gaelic kit launch as well, which has been it's been absolutely brilliant. Um so yeah. I'll say that's successful overall that the Gaelic version as well. Yeah, definitely. Well primary made their own video as yeah. well, so Dingwall Primary sent us a video on the back of the Gaelic video. Uh, so Dingwall Primary has a Gaelic medium group. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again just the support has been brilliant and to take the time out uh, to, to come along with uh, cards from the Dingwall Primary and the Gaelic Medium uh, group uh, up there pulling a video together for us just an exceptional feel good factor which yeah. is which we just need to encourage and do more and more and more on. yeah definitely you mentioned you know that there do you think after Sunday obviously you've spoken about the numbers not just um, you know kids buying the new kit or their parents buying it for them the adult purchases have gone up season ticket numbers have gone up initially do you think off the back of something that's really galvanised the support the way it was done compared to you know obviously touch wood it, it didn't happen but if it, things had gone the other way do you think the way it Sunday turned out and the, the drama it kind of unfolded with do you think that was a big part in kind of the success that's followed on from the few days I think Ross County Ross has always had a loyal fan base. There's no doubt about that. You know, through thick and thin, we've had a phenomenal fan base. I think the way it ended uh, on Sunday uh, was, it, you know, Roy the Rover stuff. It yeah. was brilliant. We were 100% the underdogs going into that game. At halftime, we were 3-0 down. You know, we were, I don't know a face in this stadium was thinking, it's over. And then, then it happened and it all came together and it's been brilliant. It, it's, for a commercial guy, you couldn't write it. It was brilliant. Um, has that galvanised the fan? Of course it is. It's success. And everybody wants Premier Football in the north of Scotland. And we can deliver that in the north of Scotland for the north of Scotland. What we need now is to, to get everybody involved and get everybody in supporting the team, uh, backing the team, helping with the team, helping with the club. How can we do more? You know, and, and we're open to that. Um, you know, we're, we're looking even at a volunteers day in a couple of weeks time at the stadium that will allow folk who want to help the club to come in tell us what they want to do tell us how they think they can help and get involved it's not a closed shop you know we promote ourselves as being at the heart of the community and I think we really are but um, we just need to grasp that and, and get on with it and, and all of us not just the club out but, but supporters towards the club as well and just all get involved in it. it. It's been brilliant, and long may it continue. And, and listen, we're looking out just now across the Global Energy Stadium, blue skies, it couldn't be better. Davies' grass is looking fantastic, the pitch is looking great, so everything's all good just now. We yeah, just need definitely. to maintain that, you know? Definitely, definitely. And you mentioned there, obviously, about a potential volunteer day kind of coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, finally, the question to both of you is, you know, things 
potentially coming up, you know, have you guys got any plans in place or ideas that you can kind of reveal just now or is there potentially going to be trying to launch over the next... I think we're hoping to launch the Dear Awake at either later this month or early July, it's kind of aim. Um, we obviously wanted to go for kind of staggered launch this year um, just because I think in the past we've launched two on the same day, which it's a big cost for, for people yeah, coming in if they want to buy both for the kids or whatever, so kind of staggered this year. Um, but again, um, we're always open to ideas and anything new that's coming in, even whether it be social media stuff, whether it be stuff you'd rather you want the club to be putting out, whether it be more video content or anything. We're more than open to ideas about that. Um, so yeah, feel free to just get in touch if you've got any ideas that we can we can help make happen. Yeah, yeah, for me, I think you know, obviously, I look after the foundation as well. I think it's not just all about bibs and balls. Yeah. Um, you know. With the foundation, we, we have a community kitchen that we run uh, we run in the in the winter months and the, in the spring months. Every Thursday, uh, we have about 60, 70 people come along to the stadium and, and get a hot meal in a safe environment. We're looking at LGBT groups getting involved with us. We're looking at uh, uh, extending our personal development programmes within the academies in the area. We're looking at extending our schools programmes. We're looking at how we can engage with the Staggies Army a little bit. This year, we've... Everybody under 18 gets automatically put into the Staggies Army. We're trying to grow that. So for the same price as your season ticket, under 18, £60, you automatically get enrolled in the Staggies Army. How do we get our, uh, our long-established, I'm going to call them ultras, I'm not sure, let's call them the Staggies. Staggies uh, and do they want to be in that right place? Do we want to uh, put them in a different position? Do they need support? Do we need flags? Do we... Communication, communication, uh, and engaging with, with everybody. Um, events, as Jack says, new strip coming off. Obviously, the big push for season tickets is maintained. The commercial packages that we're, we're working with and uh, making County Plus available in the Hamilton every game instead of just odd games, which I would suggest is the first step within corporate hospitality. Um, and just how can we do more and what the fans want us to do? How can we make better of Staggy's Bar? Um, six days a week it lies in darkness. Yeah. Actually, 13 days out of 14 it lies in darkness. What can we do? What, do, what wants to be done? So, yeah, the, it's an open book, Ross, uh, and, and, I, and I appreciate that there's, there's a lot of things that we could do, but uh, we, we, need to, we need to do it, and we need to do better, and we need to get on with it and, and uh, involve everybody. So, yeah, I think that's, that's our, our main aim and our... And ethos is just trying to get involved with as many people in groups and areas as we possibly can and do the best we can. Yeah, definitely. I think there certainly has been improvement over, you know, um, thinking back recently. And, you know, I think that trend will continue to, to go the same way as well. You know, talking about like the social media side and things like that. I think a lot of people have enjoyed that content. And obviously, especially feeding off after Sunday the Falls and, and, you know, the unique views and things like that. And, and Dunk, you spoke there as well about you know, the the plans in place and what you can do uh, differently, like so the you know, the County Plus Lounge and, and stuff like that. So no, it's really interesting. Um guys, thank you very much for, for joining me on it and Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um we'll uh, catch up with you again soon. Great Ross, speak to you soon. Hi, right, and we're back after that. I hope you enjoyed our chat with uh, Duncan Jack there. Um, a really interesting um, discussion about kind of what can go on behind the scenes and, and plans for the club for moving forward. Um, right, so 
back on track for this team uh, into season 2017-2018. Andy, who have you picked uh, as your player for this one? I've gone for Scott Fox. Um, I think, for me, the best goalie county I've I've had. um, I think Michael McGovern was a a really good goalie, but I think Scott Fox was just fantastic. Um, Getting called up to Scotland squad for the the France and Italy friendlies. Um, The amount of games he played consecutively over a number of seasons, it was such a shame that he didn't get to play a League Cup final with with the injury um, because he had such an important role in the semi-final against Celtic. Um, And yeah, just for me, some of the the saves he'd make. Um, and I suppose later on in his career as well, the fact he's had such a bad injury at Motherwell, but he's come back. I think Morton signed him. He hadn't played for a number of months in their playoff or playing in their playoff game. I think that's how highly clubs can spawn think of him. Um, yeah, for me, just a fantastic goalie. Great reflexes. Um, and he gave you so much confidence as well, I think, because you kind of, I suppose it's, it's, it's standard, but you, you know you have a safe pair of, of hands in the goals and, um, yeah, you just kind of felt, even if a attacker got through, you kind of think, well, it's not. it might not be the end of the world because he's got a good chance of saving it type thing. So, yeah, he was just fantastic. I, I kind of agree with you. I, th- I felt like Scott Fox was one of my favourite keepers um, while I've supported County. Um, I think it, it's really harsh because I think a, a long-lasting memory that some fans have got of, is the mistake against Rangers, the Morelos one, which, yeah. which happened that season which kind of, I think, I wouldn't say tainted people's kind of opinions of him because it, it, it is just a really, really unfortunate mistake. But across, you know, all the seasons that he was here, especially that um, the championship winning season, I, I felt like in, in big moments, like a couple of the Highland derbies that could have gone either way and he was making big save after big save at that point. You know, and I was really disappointed when he left the club at the end of that season. I was, I was hoping he would stay and, you know, be able to push on from that point. But yeah, you know, all the... He was, he was a. I, th- I thought he was a really good keeper, but yeah, I think some people maybe, yeah, are a wee bit memories are a bit tainted after after that. But I can under I can kind of understand it too. Um, Jack, who have you gone for? Right, this is the part of the podcast where I like seal my fears, never getting invited back on again. Um, <laughs> but that see for me that season was just such an awful season, and. Um, it's one that I've sort of like tried to forget. I feel like we had a lot of seasons where like the first half of the season would be really bad, but we'd sort of grow into it. Um, I will get to my player eventually. Um, we'd grow into it, maybe make some signings in January and like we'd kick on. But like, I think that January we signed Chris Eagles and David and Gog. Uh, <laughs> it just got worse, man. So uh, I've, and I can't believe I'm putting him in, like, based off his antics uh, in Dingwall for, for St. Mirren, but I've put in Marcus Fraser. And uh, the reason I've done that is, I mean, I need to find a reason. No, the reason the reason I've done that is I think he did, you know, he he was one that would, he would play every game, he would start every game. And, you know, when we were relegated, he did stay and he was mm-hmm. um, appointed captain and then captain us to promotion the following season um, which obviously doesn't say anything about the performances in that year but I was really really struggling um, with 17-18 but I've gone for Marcus I thought he was I thought he was someone who was always pretty solid for County pretty like reliable 
um, you know, one of those players that people sometimes talk about, sort of a, a seven or eight out of ten most weeks, someone you could rely on. So, um, and I, I need to put some defenders into my team. So I've got I've got Marcus Fraser in my back three. Also, could play full back and centre back, so works well in a back three. Yeah, exactly, and go to a hybrid there, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's a fair comment. It was a really, it was a bad season. I think we can all admit that. Um, I actually thought the choice for this season was quite quite easy for me because um, I remember he was probably one one of the very few shining lights of that season, and it was Jason Naismith. Um, mm. I think he was the most consistent player that season. Um, Forty-one matches across all competitions, two goals and five assists. Um, and I remember reading I think it was at one point during the season or might have been at the end of the season that I think statistically he was the best right back in the league when you look at like excuse me defensive contributions and things like that I think he was really really high up that list Um, because I I remember reading it like what he's better than likes of Tavernier or Lustig and things like that like I think he had the you know, coming up against opposition wingers, he would dispossess them more than he was actually dribbled past and, and things like that. So all those stats were very, very good. He obviously got the move to to Peter Brad at the end of that season as well. But um, yeah, so I had uh, Jason going in at right back for for me, which was, I, I thought was quite easy. But it's interesting to hear that the different choices in that too. It's, it's the whole point of it is that it creates a debate. So he was brilliant. Was it 200 grand Peter ever played for him or something like that? Yeah. So, and I meant to be. Um, for for a county player, so he was that's a fair choice, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he was even really good when he came back up for a second spell as well. Despite like all the injury problems he had and stuff like that, he was. I think he played every game after he signed for us. I don't think he missed any. So, like, it was like one of those ones where we maybe hoped to keep him at the end of the season, but it, it wasn't to be. So, um, going there. That's and- a bad choice. I'm convinced. <laughs> are, we, are you? Are you? Get Marcus out. All right, there you go. Look, that I've put up that good of an argument that, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Right, um, going into twenty eighteen nineteen, um, my choice for this was Josh Mullen. Um, mm. Forty one appearances in all competitions, fourteen goals and twenty assists. It's incredible stats for a right winger. He could have had a goal this season competition on his own, with the goals he scored against like of Dunfermline, Ayr, etc. Score big goals and likes of the Highland Derby and things like that. Um, so look, he was he was a, a big game player. Came up with big moments as well. Um, obviously, thinking back to the Challenge Cup final against Key Nomads, you know, one 0 down when he came off the bench and we won the game three one and he scored two almost straight away when he came on. So um, yeah, I've, I felt like I wanted to have him and my team at, at right mid. So um, Jack, who did you go for? Um, so for this season, I mean, I'm I'm starting to just need to kind of like fill the fill the positions in now and get get something that looks like an actual football team. But um, I do, I've gone for Jamie Lindsay for that season in midfield, yeah. which uh, is the the final of my three centre mids. Um, I thought he actually, I thought he really stood out in the championship, um, and I think that's why you know he got his his sort moved down to. Was it Rotherham that signed him? Um, I thought he actually. He's, I don't think goal scoring was like a huge part of his game, but he did score some pretty important goals for County. Um, one that 
I thought was like a bit of a season defining moment was his equaliser against Dundee United, which sort of killed off their their title challenge. I yeah. thought, um, but in general, I just thought I remember sort of you know watching the games. I just thought that he he really sort of stood out as someone um, who was comfortable on the ball, could do a bit of everything, um, and and yeah, so. So I've stuck I've stuck Jamie Lindsay in my midfield. Fair enough. I think I think that was my kind of second choice if I was to go, you know, rearrange the team and the shape a little bit. Um I think Jamie would have been in there like you know, purely on a moment that in the jail end that equalizer against Dundee United was incredible. And it's it, you're right, it was a season defining moment. Um Andy, who have you gone for? I've gone for Marcus. Um as Captain leading the um, leading the double. Um, I think as well when, when he signed, he'd only played a few games. Calvin B from loan, um, and I mean, I think it was Celtic um, at home. And I think we were all kind of a bit, well, who, who is this guy? Who, who is he? Never really heard of him, um, and don't know what it would be like. But then he kind of grew over four or five years into such an important player, um, becoming captain, being part of the cup winning team. Um, and then it, it was a shame when he moved on to St Mirren and, and as Jack says the celebration um, still still hurts a bit but um, yeah I think for me it's just kind of probably from, from coming into the club as a as a relatively unknown player who hadn't played much first team football especially at the time when we were really struggling um, phoning in at deep end against Celtic on his debut and then yeah just becoming a, an important player um, as Jack said very consistent um, in, the, in the games and things over a number of years um, so yeah I've, I've gone for him at right back Fair enough uh, Right moving then on to season 2019-2020 um, Andy we'll come back to you uh, for this pick who did you pick and why? Uh, Michael Gardine um, just such a, a brilliant player um, even going back to when in the first division when that kind of title winning season he was so good and got to move to United um, was glad to lose him but obviously he's played so many games for the club um, scored so many goals and just such a, a really good player to watch full of energy um, and yeah just a, a club legend really so um, that's where I've gone for Michael Fair enough uh, Jack who have you gone for? Uh, I've actually gone for Ross Stewart for that season I thought it was quite a I sort of um, it was like I saw a big transformation in Ross Stewart that season because he was sort of maybe a bit of a a bit part player in the in the championship win season well not not quite that sort of under underplays like his contribution to the promotion but you know I don't think he was he was starting too many games obviously Bill McKay um, was scoring a lot of goals Brian Graham scored a lot of goals in the championship season um, but you know our, our first season back he ended um, top goal scorer I'm certain um, and I remember you know it, it that wasn't a great season for us but the the games that we won he was usually on the on the score sheet and I, I thought he like sort of really developed as a player and he sort of um, he like the the step up he kind of um, rose to it pretty well uh, for someone who maybe hadn't been didn't have that much experience of playing first team football um, so I've gone for Ross Stewart and then obviously you know everything that he's achieved in his career 
um, since going down down to Sunderland um, and getting involved in in Scotland squads as well. Uh, I, I thought I thought he was he was deserving of a spot. That's fair enough. Um, I I was kind of stuck between the choice for for this two as well. I think. Um, I had Ross Stewart down, but I also had Billy Mackay down as well because it's quite it's quite interesting to read. So their their goals and assist record for for that season are quite identical. Um, Ross played, however, he played seven matches fewer, um, and he ended on the same amount of goals as Billy, but three less assists. So you'd imagine if, if you know if Ross hadn't picked up his injury at that point of the season, they probably would have finished around this kind of a similar um, record. But both players you know, scored big goals that season, which led to points. You know, uh, Ross got a double against Hibbs in a 2-1 victory, scored the opener against St Mirren in a 2-1 win and got the last-minute winner down at Fir Park against Motherwell in another 2-1 win. Um, whereas Billy, he scored the opener against Hamilton in a 2-2 draw, scored two against Livy in a 2-0 win, um, a last-minute equaliser against St Johnston in a 1-1 draw and then two down at Pataudry in a 2-1 victory as well. So it, it was quite tough. I did go for Ross, just purely because of, I think if he didn't have that injury, it probably would have kicked on, and he, you know the record might have improved and things like that. And you know, as as Jack says, I think um, you know what he's gone on to achieve after he's left County as well is, is very impressive. And I th- actually thought him and Liam Boyce up front could be quite a good partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit of you know difference between them because you know despite Ross's height, he has got a good change of pace around him you know he can hold up the ball he's technically very good so um, I thought that would cause quite a few defences in the league problems if this county dream team came to pass you know so um, right so then moving on to season 2020 2021 um, I was kind of I, I was stuck here for the choice because um, I wanted to mention Jordan White for his contribution that he had in the six months that um, when he joined County because I think Jordan was written off by a lot of fans before he came in the door because um, he'd had a, a, a poor six months of Motherwell where he didn't have the impact that he would have wanted to but um, you know in 12 league matches he scored four goals and got five assists you know on his debut he came off the bench and scored the equaliser against Hamilton and then assisted um, the Billy Mackay's winner in the 2-1 win um, scored the winner against Celtic, scored the second goal down at Tannadice uh, in the split and also set up the goal against Motherwell to um, kind of clinch safety. So I kind of wanted to mention all those moments because, you know, that was that was a big contribution that season. But I've actually gone at the opposite end of the pitch and I've gone for Ross Laidlaw for that season. Um, he was the club's player of the season that season. And I think that was the first time I think we, we saw like a really big improvement in Ross. Um you know, played 33 league matches that season and kept six clean sheets. You know, I think back to the Celtic game at home where we won 1-0. I think he made a really good save from, and it was like El Yunusi or someone like that in the in the last minute, it was right down into the bottom corner, but he got down to, to palm it away. And, and, and those saves ended up, you know, earning us big points that season. So, um, yeah, that's who, that's who I went for. Um, Andy, who did you go for? Um, Ross Stewart, um, as you were saying earlier, it was, such a, it was quite an interesting one because, yes, Jack said he was kind of he wasn't really getting much of a start when he first came to the club and then he became such an important player. And I suppose his journey as well, he used to go from junior football all the way up to Championship of Sunderland, Scotland Caps, um, 
it's just it's just fantastic. Um, I suppose a bit like Andy Roberts in the way it's a great kind of um, kind of role model, I suppose, for young guys who maybe get released from uh, pro clubs and um, that they, they can still make it and things. So um, yeah, I think just just his kind of journey, how he became such an important player for us, and um, obviously we were glad to obviously it was a great move for him, but obviously glad to lose him. Um, so yeah, I think he was just um, especially towards the end in the SPL, just one of the best strikers in the league, and and, and got a great move. Jack, who did you go for? So I was needing I was needing another defender in my side, so I decided to go for someone who has recently um, has recently been announced that he's leaving the club, which I was sad to hear. Big Ek, Alex Yakavi, um, I thought. You know that was that was quite a tough season for us um, that year, and uh, I think I think that was Jakovic came in that summer um, quite young when he came in, but he he forced went the side he was starting every game and scored a lot of goals from the back. Certainly ended up like third. I think he was like third top goal scorer that season, um, and you know. Beyond then, ended up becoming sort of a, one of the one of the first names on on the team sheet for county. So I stuck uh, I stuck Yakuvi at the back for me. Fair enough. All all very reasonable choices. Um, then moving into season twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. Um, Jack, who did you choose for this one? Charles Cook. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you know it, it was the um, you know similar. To, Boyce in in sixteen seventeen that was one of the years that didn't really need to think about much. Um, after you know, I think we'd probably all agree um, the season before when we signed Charles Cook, he didn't really have an impact. He was he was actually someone that I was expecting maybe to be let go um, in the summer before before that, that season. And you know, obviously, thank God, uh, that that decision wasn't taken. Ended up the league top goal scorer, um, not just his goal. His, his, remember, you know, a lot of games didn't matter who we were playing in the league. You could sort of stand anyone up one on one and uh, and go, you know, go by go by some of the, the best defenders in the league. Um, and yeah, it was just a real standout player and a really exciting player to watch as well. Um, and seemed like a, a really nice guy as well you know someone who didn't you know things didn't go his way the first year round but he stuck at it and he ended up becoming you know uh, a bit of a hero of the club so I Charles Cook yeah uh, that's that's a fair enough choice I'm nodding away because he was my choice as well Andy who who was your choice that season yeah Charles Cook as well I agree with everything Jack said it's just the transformation and was the first season you know compared to the second season just incredible really um so many goals, such an important player and such a massive loss. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an easy choice. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was kind of one of these players that, you know, you talk about players that get fans off their seats and get excited when they get the ball. And that's exactly what he did that season. It was just any time he got the, the ball out in the left wing, you knew that he was going to make something happen. He was going to beat a defender. He was going to put a ball in, you know. Um, obviously, 13 goals, joint top scorer. Um, yeah, and you know, as you said there, the the impact he made, you know, following on from 
the the first season he had at the club was was huge. So um, all credit goes to him for for that one. Um, so then our last pick uh, into the team is from the 2022-23 season. Um, Andy, who have you picked for this one and why? Alex Jacobi. Um, I think he was someone who, as Jack said earlier, came in and then just became such an important player for so many years. Um, one of the first names in the, in the, in the team. Um, key part of defence, a very, very passionate player as well. Always kind of, you know, you could, you could really see how much it meant to him to, to go for the three points, um, putting his body in the line, you know, every game. Um, and yeah, I really hope he goes down um, to wherever he goes um, and, and kicks on because um, he was just such a, a passionate, committed player who was who, who kind of improved as well over time. You know, he was, as you say, he was a young guy coming in, hadn't played much first team football, and then played something over a hundred games with the club. Um, and and yeah, it was, it was obviously sad to see him go, but I think it wasn't a surprise as well. You kind of think he's. But there'll be someone coming in um, to, to take him to that kind of next level. So it'll be interesting to see how his career goes. Yeah, fair enough. Jack, who did you go for? Uh, I've gone for Ross Laidlaw for this season. Um, you know, there was a few seasons in the last in you know, the last few years where I wanted to put I wanted to pick Ross, um, but I think just the 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 contribution that. They made at, at the end of the season with that penalty shootout and the stakes, um, the stakes that were involved. And you know, he's he's someone who, who who's sort of never let County down. And and when you know when it came to when it came down to it with a, a penalty shootout between us and relegation, um, he he was he was the hero of the day. I did, you know, I thought. Um, Jan Danda was someone that I, I wanted to include in the team. I thought I think he's you know been brilliant for us this season, but he's he's also sort of been in and out of the team with with injuries and stuff. And and I I, was, I had to have Ross in um, and and based off of yeah his his contribution in the in the playoffs, I've I've decided to go with with him in goals. Fair also delivered his uh, his shopping. A couple of weeks ago, and he's a real stand-up guy, great guy. Um, won't tell you what supermarket that's for because that's against GDPR. But um, I, he's, he's a spot-on guy. Didn't complain about the substitutions. That's always good as a footballer, then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um. So from uh, this season just passed, I picked Jan Danda. Um. You know, I've picked a team that'll score goals and excite people if they were going to watch it. But um, Jan this season was just a joy to watch. He's technically one of the best footballers I've watched at County. He can he can make something out of nothing. His quality from set pieces, crossing balls into the box is, is superb. You know, 37 appearances this season, six goals and 10 assists um, is a very, very good record for his first season in Scottish football. Um, especially after he kind of took a wee while to, to settle. He wasn't quite in the team for the first, mm. you know, first handful of games, but he certainly made an impact since then. And, you know, I, I think back to to last season when we got into the top six, um, you know, Joseph Hangbo stepped up at big moments and kind of produced in that run-in, you know, like so the the goals against um, Motherwell and, and St. Marin, and then obviously the penalty at, um, at, at, at Pataudry as well. I thought Danda did the same this season too. 
stepped up in big moments, set up the two goals against Livingston post-split, um, stepped up and took penalties against St. Johnston, Kilmarnock and, and Partick in the second leg as well, you know, um, assisted the the well the, the equaliser or aggregate for George Harmon as well. You know, it's a big game player who had a big impact. So um yeah, I wanted to include him in it. And you know, it's a, certain, certainly an interesting balance having Danda next to Jackson Irvin in midfield. But you know, it'll be it'll be a good watch. So um so yeah, so just to recap the, the teams again, um I've gone for a four four two with uh starting off with twenty twenty 21, Ross Laidlaw on goals. At right back, 2017-18, Jason Naismith. Uh, two centre-halves are 2013-14, Scott Boyd, and 2012-2013, Grant Monroe. At left back, I've got 2014-15, Jamie Records. Uh, two centre-mids are 2015-2016, Jackson Irvin, and 2022-23, Jan Danda. Uh, at left mid, I've got 2021-22, Reagan Charles Cook. At right mid, I've got 2018-2019, Josh Mullen. And up front, I've got 2019-2020, Ross Stewart. And 2016-2017, Liam Boyce. That is a hell of a mouthful to try and get all that out as a team in a formation. So, um, Andy, who was your team? I'll let you go through yours first. Can I, can I just if for going it was such a hard thing to do because there's a couple of other players who weren't in it who, like Ian Figers, yeah. um I mean, Andre Hayne only played about five games, but he was brilliant as well. And yep. I wouldn't have uh, said no to putting him in the team as well. I was, he's, I, so I can't even speak, but he was uh, certainly someone I debated. Um, so it was really challenging. But um, for me, um, Scott Fox as goalkeeper from 2017-18, um, Marcus Fraser at right back from 2018-19 um, Paul Quinn um, 2014-15 at centre half alongside Yakoviti from 22-23 um, Economy 2013-14 at left back and then across midfield Charles Cook at right mid from 2021-22 um, and then Jackson Irvin from 2015-16 um, and Richard Britton from 2012-13 and then at left mid, Michael Gardine from 1920. And then strikers, Liam Boyce from 2016-17 and Ross Stewart from 2020-21. Fair enough. And Jack, finally, what was your team from start to finish? Yes, I've got Ross Laidlaw on goals, 2022-23. A back three of Marcus Fraser, 2017-18. Scott Boyce, 2013-14. And... Alex Jarkovetti, 2020-21. Um, my midfield five, I've got Charles Cook, 2021-2022 on the right. Gardine, 2015-16 on the left. A midfield three of Richie Britton, 2012-13. Jackson Irvin, 2014-15. And Jamie Lindsay, 2018-19. And then up front, I've got Ross Stewart, 2019-20 and Liam Boyce 2016-17 it's, it, Do you know what it's, it's really scary when you hear back like other people's teams and like the big players that you've missed off your team you know yeah. like rallying through them and stuff like that but I think that's what that's what's so good about this topic is that I think it's quite easy to pick like a, a best 1-11 to 11 of the past you know uh, um, 11 seasons if you're just to pick anyone from that 
you know, you're you're not limiting yourself to one player a season. You know, I think there'd be quite a few seasons that would be quite player heavy, whereas others wouldn't be. So um, there would be an element of debate to that, but I, I certainly not as much <laughs> compared to this. So um, yeah, to all those that are listening, well, pop a question down below. Please leave your choices in your team um, for us to have a look at. Um, it'll certainly be interesting to see if you guys have agreed with some of ours, disagreed with them, however you feel about it. So um, Jack, Andy, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, I really enjoyed that. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on uh, the next episode of the County Corner Podcast. <laughs>